Life Audio. On the next Encouragement for You, the late Dr. Robert Crummy explains the value of the Bible, and Christian psychiatrist Dr. Frank Minrith offers personal encouragement. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hello, I'm Carol McCracken, and I'd like to invite you to join me and our team on the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. This podcast examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm excited to tell you about the new series the host team will share with you during this season of Lent. Each episode will be a journey to the cross. We will follow Jesus through some of His most significant steps in the Gospels, focusing on a particular verse as we always do. It'll be a progressive series. Join us daily as we follow Jesus doing what he was born to do to save us all. You can find us on Life Audio or whatever you listen to podcast content on. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. To his transition to heaven, Dr. Robert Crummy served as president of Carver Bible College in Atlanta, Georgia. In our initial segment, he and host Don Hawkins discussed the value of God's Word. Robert, you have been through one of the most difficult and traumatic experiences that anybody could go through. Uh, you've lost a spouse, and uh, you are now a single father and uh, have that responsibility. Uh, How did God's Word strengthen and comfort and encourage you uh, during that difficult time? Well, you know, I I think of um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You know, my wife passed and and just how God ministered to me in His Word there. And, of course, that text um, says how God does not want us to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. Hmm. Um, or to grieve like the rest of us who, um, or the rest of men who have no hope. That verse, that text, that pericope gave me hope, Don, knowing that um, this is the short side of life, and there's going to be a long side, and hmm. I'm going to see Cheryl again one day and just encourage my spirit and help me to be thankful for the years that God did give and hmm. um, just begin to anticipate seeing her again one day in her Hmm. resurrected body. The Word of God not only gives us clarity and perspective for this life here, but it also gives insight hmm. into the life to come. No pain, no suffering, no sickness. Uh, I know she she had suffered <clears throat> some illness and, and no death when we get to the presence of the Lord. And the Word of God is what gives us that hope. Uh, but 
I'm sure that we have listeners, Robert, who uh, have lost loved ones, who uh, have faced that difficulty, whether a spouse, a child, a parent. Uh, And God's Word is really the ultimate source of comfort and encouragement there, is it not? It really is. It really is. And I think of, you know, even, you know, Don, when my dad went to be with the Lord, my dad didn't have a lot of evidence in his life of walking with the Lord. Um, So I don't know of any decisions he made when he was a young man, but I do know that um, I was able to give um, him assurance, um, even on his deathbed. He was in a coma. And I shared the gospel with my dad, and i never forget it. My director at the time, Phil Craddeville, staff for Campus Save for Christ, had told me to share the gospel with him, even though he's there in a coma. And I shared with him, and he could, couldn't talk, couldn't speak, couldn't see, but he could respond to commands by squeezing your hand. And I shared the gospel with my dad and said, Dad, if you just accepted Christ in your life, and you're sure of that, Dad, will you squeeze my hand? And Don, mm. my, my dad squeezed my hand. Wow. And the Word of God encouraged me, First John 5, 11 through 13, you know, says this is the testimony, um, the record, um, the witness that God has given us eternal life, and eternal life is heaven, and that this life, or, you know, is, is in His Son. And he who has the Son has eternal life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. And I knew that day because my dad had the Son, regardless of performance, regardless of lifestyle, That day, because he had the Son, my dad would spend all eternity with Christ in heaven. If you are listening and you have never come to the place where you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, our desire is that you come to that place where you acknowledge that you're a sinner, you can't save yourself. The only Savior this world will ever have is the Lord Jesus Christ, and God sent his Son to die for you. Jesus paid for your sins, and he offers you the gift of eternal life guaranteed by his resurrection from the dead. If you will place your trust in him, you can experience that assurance of eternal life. Wendy is listening in southwest Georgia. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling us. Go ahead. Um, I've been listening to y'all, and, you know, you both have talked about the importance of God's Word and what it does for us, that, you know, we don't, we can't obey God's laws if we don't know what the laws are, we can't follow His commands if we don't know, we can't make the decisions in our life, the moral decisions, if we're not aware of the precepts and principles in His Bible. Also, God reveals Himself to us in the Bible, it's like we so as Christians, in order to live the lives that we are supposed to live, we have to have a knowledge of God's Word, and we need to focus so much more. We're not really doing it. We need to teach the children God's Word on the different levels as they are able to understand it, but not just, you know, the not just the Bible stories, but what the story is teaching us, what the story is telling us. We know that the majority of people who become Christians do so before adulthood, very young. I can't remember the exact age now. So it's the the younger children that we need to start in as soon as possible, Mm -hmm. teaching them God's Word, and through that, teaching them, you know, who Jesus is, who the Lord is to us. First of all, just to affirm what you are saying, that you have um, pointed out the importance of teaching not just the Bible stories, but really teaching the Word of God. And uh, there really is a threefold principle in studying the Word of God. And Robert, I know you use this uh, with your college students at Carver Bible College. We use it at Southeastern Bible College. And it's really sort of an oversimplification, but it nails it down. Uh, we want to make sure we understand exactly what the Bible says. We make sure that we observe 
what the text says. Uh, sometimes we uh, read things into the Bible that aren't there. I've heard people say things like money is the root of all evil. The Bible doesn't say this. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Then we have to understand what the Bible means. Uh, what uh, do the words mean? How do they fit together? The grammar and the uh, language in which it was written, uh, the context in which it's said, all of those things. We have to come to an understanding. What did it mean to the people to whom Paul wrote, for example, when he wrote the book of Galatians? What uh, did it mean um, when John wrote his epistle and uh, the book of the Revelation. What did that mean? And then how do we apply it today? What does it say to us and how does it touch our lives in the 21st century? Uh, there are other components as well, but those are really the basics. And, and Robert, I know that, uh, that you join me in affirming what Wendy is saying in terms of the importance of making sure that children understand and obey the Word of God from an early age. Yeah, sure do. I, you know, and I'm just excited that there. Um, many people have been um, inspired and led by God to uh, be creative in helping, um, engaging young children in their study of the Bible. I think of a program we have here at our church on Wednesday nights called Awana, mm-hmm. and you can go to awana.org and learn more about that organization. Uh, but this is a great international organization that does an effective job of making the word attractive to young children. AWANA stands for Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed. It's almost like a Boy Scout, Girl Scout club mm-hmm. yeah. um, that surrounds the um, memorization of Scripture. And they play games and have fun and just enjoy um, a, a fun-filled environment where at its core is studying and memorizing the Word of God. We had the Awana program in the church where I was senior pastor in Kansas City, and uh, it just had an incredible impact on young people's lives and gave them that foundation, gave them the opportunity to come to know the Scriptures. And incidentally, Paul told Timothy in that passage we mentioned earlier, from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which made you wise to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, I would agree. And Wendy, we want to pause and and just pray that folks will listen to what you have shared and take heart and communicate God's Word, whether through Awana or ministries like CBM, uh, parents to children. That's the model set down in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Dan Cathy has been very strong on this whole thing of families communicating Christian values and the Word of God and and uh, been a great emphasis they've had. So, Can Robert, I say one thing, though? Sure. Um, that's just it. Um, our, our Christian families, uh, sadly, have kind of neglected this with their own children at times, mm-hmm. but we need to not only think about our own children, anyone who is a mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, uncle, cousin, whatever, you know, touch any child that we can. And we also, um, there are great programs that are out there, like the, a lot of churches have the Wednesday Night Awana Clubs. Uh-huh. We need to get children who are not in Christian families, you know, we need to invite them to come with us. We need to get those children in also where they can hear God's Word and learn it. You know, I, I, it's, it's harder for our children now than ever before, I think, to make the right choices, because when I was a child growing up, the biblical principles were still, they permeated our society, and, mm. you know, Doesn't they reinforced today, that. Though. And now it's like, look what the kids are against as far yeah. as everything that's being thrown at them that's so immoral and yeah. so wrong. Good point, Wendy. Let's uh, pause, and Robert, you lead us in prayer that with our own children, our sons and daughters, and with other young children as well, we'll have the opportunity to get them under the sound of the Word of God. Father, thank you for the um, incredible privilege uh, that we have in this country having access 
um, to your word so freely. And I know you say to whom much is given, much will be required. And, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you will um, just enable us to effectively teach um, our children and point our young kids in the right direction. And thank you for the reminder in Proverbs 22, 6, that when we do that, they will not depart um, from that way, that they won't lose that way as they grow older. Lord, we pray for parents and we pray for youth pastors. We pray for Sunday school teachers. We pray for uh, missionaries who work with um, agencies like Awana and Child Evangelism and so forth. Lord, as they work with children around the country um, in cities all across America and abroad, Lord, that you will be allowing your word to fall upon the good soil mm. of these young children's heart. Take root, grow, yes. and manifest itself in the decisions and choices they make in their young lives. In Jesus' name. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there. Years ago, the late Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A, pointed out that you can tell if a person needs encouragement. Just check to see if they're breathing. On our second segment, the late Dr. Frank Minrith and host Don Hawkins offer up encouragement to listeners. How many people need encouragement? Actually, all of us. And joining me to talk about it, Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Frank Minrith, founder of the Minrith Clinic and the Minrith Christian Program. Don, if you look at the synonyms of encourage, well, they're encouraging. Support, inspire, cheer, reassure, exhort, help to give hope. Uh, That's what we need to do with each other. Yes, absolutely. No question about that. And yet sometimes it seems like we practice the gift of discouragement rather than encouragement. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, we all, none of us are perfect, and we can do that. Don, I think if you look at why people get discouraged, though, it might go into three areas. One is theological. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, people will sin and they get discouraged. Sometimes it will be the enemy. The enemy does not want people to be successful for Christ. Mm-hmm. It can be psychological, Don, events. I mean, too many uh, changes and events will get people discouraged. It can be physiological. People can become medically depressed. Yeah, this uh, year in particular, a lot of people have had the flu. And I know talking with people who've had the flu or had uh, some variety thereof, a lot of them have been quite discouraged and sometimes in great need of encouragement. Yeah. And, and Don, if you, yeah, with the flu, there comes a sort of a medical depression, incidentally, Don. Mm-hmm. And next time you get the flu or upper respiratory infection, see if you feel just a little discouraged. Yeah. And many Probably times people so. will, when it lets up, they feel better. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, if you look at the more serious cases of when people get discouraged, the, the downtrodden are depressed. We definitely need to, to encourage them, and I'm going to give you some ways to do this in just a moment. 
Um, sometimes, Don, literally life and death may hang in the balance of a yeah. kind of word. To call someone and say, hey, I was just thinking about how you were doing, just wanted to, just to check on you, just a kind word at times for those that are contemplating suicide can mean life. So, yeah. so never hesitate to call someone with, with no agenda just but to check on them. Often I'll do that, and, and uh, I'll just call people every now and then and say, hey, I just called to check on you. How you're doing? <laughs> so there's no agenda other than to encourage them. Yeah, and that's a very important thing to do. One of the things that we have the privilege of doing here on Life Perspectives is encouraging people and, uh, and using words to encourage. Uh, there's a, a proverb that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, Frank, we can use encouraging words, or by the same token, we can tear people down and and really discourage them. If we and uh, you know, it can be psychological, so people get more and more depressed, and they're at risk for suicide. Don, it can be the body. You know, people that are discouraged, they will take a toll on the immune system. I think they're more apt to come down with cancer. People that are discouraged probably get more heart disease. Uh, stress is a factor in some of these. Uh, People that are discouraged might grasp for hope in areas that will not give it to them, but it gives them momentary uh, uh, help. So they'll get into illegal drugs. What a dangerous thing to do. Schizophrenics, I mean, they get discouraged. They can't relate. They get discouraged. People that are manic even, they get discouraged. People in self-harm, they're very discouraged. So, Don, so the the fields are, are replete with people that we can help and encourage. And sometimes, Don, they encourage about might be in the form, and I'll get into this in a moment, but specific instructions of what they might do. One of the things, Frank, I think it's important to consider is the concept of encouragement from a biblical perspective. The word is sometimes translated to exhort uh, or to encourage. Uh, in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter one, you mentioned verse four. Uh, there are about five or six verses there where the word. Uh, to be called alongside to help, to encourage, is literally used 10 different times in that one passage. It's obviously one of the key passages in the New Testament. And what Paul says there is that the God of all comfort or the God of all encouragement encourages us in all our trouble. And the idea behind the word is he comes alongside us, uh, just as a counselor would come alongside, uh, an attorney at law would come alongside us if we're charged with a crime, uh, someone in the medical profession would come alongside us to help us if we had a serious medical need, and would, in effect, do what that verse in Galatians 6-2 that you mentioned, help us uh, bear each other's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. And Frank, the third passage you mentioned, the admonish one another, is sort of the flip side of encouragement. We always think about affirmation. Encouragement is being uh, to affirm somebody, to say kind words to them. But sometimes encouragement can sort of take the uh, approach of comforting the afflicted or afflicting the comfortable. And there's a time uh, when the encouragement to come alongside to help involves saying to a person, you need to deal with that. I, I think of Somebody, for example, Frank, who is depressed and suicidal, who says, I don't want hope, I don't want help, I don't need help, I don't want hope. And uh, we would admonish that person, you need to get the help you need. You might need to go in the hospital and get some treatment. You might need to see a counselor. You might need medication. And uh, that person might feel admonished and and sort of resent that. And, And yet that's a form of encouragement, is it not? Yeah, and Don, let me just give real seven real quick ways, and it's sort of echoing what you said, uh, but seven uh, quick ways to encourage yourself 
or likewise to encourage someone you know that might be downtrodden. Number one, Don, you alluded to it, is a kind voice. Hmm. I mean, it's powerful, powerful, powerful. I always think about Paul Tournier, the story he would tell about an uh, elderly lady that would call in just to, to, to turn the radio every night just to hear a kind radio voice say, mm-hmm. we bid you a pleasant good evening. Right. Uh, a, a phone call with a kind voice, how powerful. Number two, Don, is, is a Bible verse that will encourage you. Mm-hmm. Don, there is something about God's Word empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let it encourage you and build you up. And Frank, the verse that ties into that is Romans fifteen four that says, so that we through patience or steadfastness and encouragement through the scriptures might have hope. People who are hopeless will find hope and be encouraged through the word of God. Number three is similar to that. It's verbal encouragement, it's, but it's a specific verbal encouragement. Uh, flattery is not flattery. Praise is not praise if, if it's accurate. Right. So if there's something true you can say about someone, by all means do that. Yeah, and, I, and that's such an important thing for us to look for those opportunities. I think about with our children, for example. Uh, sometimes parents have a tendency, everything they speak to a child is a rebuke. Uh, and sometimes employers have a tendency, everything they say to somebody who's an employee is some negative, some critical, and yet we need to look for those opportunities to affirm, to speak verbally, specifically some good things. Number four is doing a physical deed for someone. Mm-hmm. It might really lift their spirit. Number five, Don, is to seek seek encouragement from the local church. Uh, you know, two institutions God's ordained was the family and the local church. Uh, you know, they say, oh, they're not perfect. Well, nobody's perfect. And, but, and Frank, the passage in Hebrews 10 that talks about the church and particularly about not abandoning the assembling of ourselves together, the positive side of that is to encourage one another and to do so increasingly as we see the Lord's return approaching. Number six, we've already alluded to, is a friend, or you be a friend. And then number seven, Don, is specifics on help. Some people going in the hospital means life and death. Mm-hmm. Some people going in the hospital means they will not get in, in more trouble with drugs. They can't reverse. Uh, residential, some people need several weeks, Don, to sort of pull their life together, specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, another area specific is get, you know, some people they just need to get in counseling, sort of talk things through. Yeah. So, so being specific. So, Don, those are some specific ways to encourage. Vanessa is listening in Georgia over New Life FM. Vanessa, welcome to the program. Hey, well, I guess the, what I need to be helped with is uh, experience in depression mm-hmm. and wanting to know um, when is it normal, when should you see a doctor. Um, I've also, as a result of the depression, have started to... Um, develop a habit of of gambling, which is I'm in my mid-40s and something that I've never had a problem with before. And also find out at what point with depression do you need to see a doctor or is it something spiritually that we can win over? Well, you've raised several very important questions, Vanessa, and we're really glad you've called. You've uh, talked about the link between depression and addictions, and that's certainly a a major, major link. Uh, You've also raised the issue, when do you get care for depression? And, Frank, even the question, is depression ever normal? And uh, so you might, uh, Frank, uh, share with us, uh, and uh, I I think there's some other folks beside Vanessa who would benefit from what you're going to share. Oh, Donna, you know, I, I think maybe temporary discouragement. I think we all probably get discouraged. Sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think depression, in the way we usually think of it, is normal. Um, 
I do think there's different aspects to depression. Yeah. Uh, maybe more important is, Vanessa, maybe give you some things you might do. You've alluded to, to by far the most important. That's the theological. Uh, a great little verse you, you might apply to yourself is Proverbs 4.15 when it comes to gambling. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Now, what's happening, Vanessa, probably with that gambling it's sort of a, I don't know, it probably kicks out endorphins and encephalins, dinorphins, chemicals that you sort of have. It makes you, that you feel a little happy for a little while, but it just doesn't hold. Yeah. And uh, so Proverbs 4.15 is a great verse to apply. Another thing in the theological is to get someone in your church that can hold you accountable. But, but it's, it's just not going to bring you happiness. And you've already said that. Uh, yeah. the, the other thing, Vanessa, is, is that the events, usually when people are depressed, there's usually been a lot of events in their life they're upset about. And it's good to have someone to talk with about that, mm-hmm. maybe another female. Sometimes even a, a counselor can be helpful. Uh, regarding the, the, the medical doc, I, I, think, I think if symptoms are significant or severe, certainly that's abnormal. I, I think it's, if functioning is impaired socially, occupationally, I think if functioning is impaired, and I think if it's a time duration, you might get a little bit upset, but time, symptoms, and function, those are the three words you look at, Vanessa. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.